want to go down a tree-lined lane to a house hidden in the woods. Nasty things happen in such places. Nasty things that rip you apart, maybe never to be whole again. Nasty memories that didn't need to be dredged up. Life isn't all hearts and flowers. It's pain and suffering, too. It's an end, and it's a beginning. It's Dirty little secrets buried deep in the muck and mire below the surface where the grubs and worms feed. Secrets I unbury, like it or not. My business cards even say so. Life's a bitch. So am I. Yeah, that's why I was here. To prove to myself I can still handle it. That I'm still tough enough. Hard enough. Bitch enough. I started down the shimmering lane. Angled golden light pierced the green canopy, sending up hazy mists that promised another hot, sticky, typical September start. The lane twisted around trees like a game trail instead of a driveway built by humans. The quiet crunch of tires on sand sent birds flittering and squirrels scurrying. The lane curved, and as I crossed a short wooden bridge over a stream— I saw the log house at the crest of the hill across an open meadow. The meadow was wavy grasses and wildflower bursts of white and yellow, reds and blues. The colors extended up the hill toward the house, a modified A-frame with wings. A two-and-a-half-story triangle of windows reflected blue sky. The lane circled the meadow instead of cutting across straight to the house, there was a low place where the lane turned that still had a bit of water from the recent rains and looked pretty soft. No one had tried to drive through it or around it. I pulled to the left through the grasses to avoid getting stuck. Something scraped the undercarriage. The lane curved up the rise and I saw the side of the house, two towering trees shading the backyard, and a log garage. The weathered gray logs shone in the sunlight beyond was more meadow with an old red barn and then the tree line. I stopped near the back of the house. A dark blue car parked in front of the garage was a late model cutlass, and the license plate matched the information I had. I picked up the envelope of papers from the passenger seat and got out. Hello? Anyone home? A tawny tabby came out from beneath the deck to greet me. She meowed, and rubbed herself against my leg. She leaned in hard as I rubbed her ears. You're a friendly kitty. Where is everyone? She looked at me with her deep amber eyes and meowed again. I climbed the steps. An iron bell hung from a bracket beside the door. I rang it a couple of times. Its peal echoed across the meadow. The door was filled with glass panes. A cat door had replaced the bottom middle one. The room beyond was an enclosed porch with lots of windows. There were comfortable wicker chairs, a sofa, and a table. An arrangement of wildflowers on the table needed to be replaced. I couldn't see into the rest of the house. The door was locked. Across the room by the inner door was a pair of metal bowls on the floor. They looked empty. The cat rubbed against my leg. Hey, did they go off and forget to feed you? She looked at me and opened her mouth silently. I knocked on the glass. 
Anyone here? No answer. All I heard were birds in the trees and the lazy buzz of a fat carpenter bee as it looked for a hole in the porch roof beam. I stepped off the deck and away from the house. I couldn't see any open windows. The whir of a heat pump starting let me know that the electricity was still on and that it was probably a lot more comfortable in the house than out here. The air was already steamy from the hot sun, sucking all the moisture out of the meadows. I wanted to get back into my air-conditioned car, get back to the city and my side of the river. This trip was a bust. I turned toward Carter's car and the garage. The car looked freshly washed from the rains. There were no tracks, so it hadn't been moved. The garage was built of the same weathered logs as the house. The two roll-up doors on the garage were closed.